Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 672 with a review of The Suicide Squad. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. This week, it's a little film coming to HBO Max. Um, so if you have that, you were able to watch it, or you could have caught it in theaters. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about The Suicide Squad. So, as always, it probably makes sense to start the evening out by talking about our thoughts on Suicide Squad with no the. Um, so, sure. Stephen Miller... What did you think of Suicide Squad back when you, uh, back back when we saw it? Well, exactly. So apparently, it is canon that I was at least vaguely positive on it. I I didn't revisit our review. Um, you told me a little bit about it. What I remember, I remember feeling like it was taken for granted that Suicide Squad was like the worst movie that had ever been made. Like by the time <laughs> I was watching it, it was like people hated it. Like it was getting just viscerally dunked on everywhere and i went into the theater with that context and my feeling was like this is a hot mess of a movie for sure like the plot does not really make sense but i was starting to get marvel fatigue by then and i kind of enjoyed that the movie was so wildly different looking like say what you will about the dc movies but they at least have this kind of splash of color this kind of ridiculous palette that you don't get in any of the marvel films and a a part of me was like you know it aimed big and it kind of struck out but damn do i like appreciate when movies at least go for it and i think that (laughs) that was my feeling which was i like it wasn't a movie i ever really wanted to revisit i've never thought like oh let me watch suicide squad again but i felt like I had more fun with this than like the winter soldier or something. And that was kind of my semi contrarian take. I think I hot mess again, like the plot did not make sense. And the ending, the whole third act and the big bad and everything was just kind of dumb. But like, I remember enjoying the fact that David Ayer's movie at least had like pizzazz and ridiculous energy that you wouldn't normally get in the studio superhero system. Yeah. Um, I, I, Honestly, before I went back and listened to the review um, and watched half of the movie before sitting down (laughs) to do this review right now, um, I couldn't remember a thing about the original Suicide Squad um, other than the fact that I really didn't like it. Um, Then I went back and listened to our review, which is episode 423, I think, about. Um, And yeah, I really disliked that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a very heated episode uh, with a lot of arguing between me and Carson. And uh, that episode got hot for a while, cooled down by the end of the episode, and then it turned it turned fun again. But uh, but yeah, I, I just really, really didn't like anything that it was doing the way it it put together whatever the story it was that it was trying to do. And I just, for me, it just didn't work on a lot of different levels. Um, as I said, you know, we had a little bit of time between uh, when we were both done working for the day and when we were going to actually sit down to do this recording. Um, so I was like, maybe I can watch a little bit of Suicide Squad before we review The Suicide Squad. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's two hours and I only have one hour. So I guess I'll watch the second hour of this film. And I went back through it and I... I'm going to stand with my, with my well, original The second review. hour is much worse than the first hour, too. I remember that much. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this, this, doesn't have, this film doesn't have the fun that it should have for what you're putting together. It's a bunch of characters who 
don't from for most of the characters that you see they don't really get a chance to do anything like save for the flame guy who gets to you know flame up or whatever <laughs> at one point in the film yeah. he gets to he, do he gets hot and then he cools down like our episode of the podcast yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the uh the the lizard dude um <laughs> I don't, I don't remember any of their names because I didn't watch the introductions of the characters. I just watched the characters later in the film. Um, his great thing that he gets to do is uh, talk about how he lives in the sewers and swim underneath the bad guy at the end of the movie. You know, there, there's like mm-hmm. a bunch of moments where it's like nothing really exciting is happening. The villains don't make sense. The None of the characters that I... The characters I actually know have a dumb interjection constantly within the story. And it kind of just... It, it was sort of a... It seemed like a waste of time, and the action itself wasn't even fun. Like, I can watch a big, dumb movie, um, like, say, like, a fast film, um, but it's like the action is so fun that it's like, you're like, hell yeah, and you're like throwing your fist in the air. Suicide Squad, for me, was not a film that fit into that bucket of of action, adventure, whatever. It was just a movie where it's like, you're throwing a bunch of random characters at me, um, and I just didn't care. When the first trailers for The Suicide Squad started to come out, it at least looked like it was reaching a tone that the first one never seemed to manage. The characters they're putting in the group are a little bit more strange. You know, it's uh, the the situations they're getting into are a little bit more funny, right? Like, I, I, I at least my interest was slightly piqued for the second one um, compared to the first one. Uh, but but yeah. First one. I, I mean, I didn't think work for me. if I'm remembering correctly, I think the trailers for the first movie too got everyone pretty hyped. Like, I think it was a big letdown from trailer to reality when the movie came out. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, that, that I, I also it, the narrative like that has come out since then, which you know, whatever people wanting to release the air cut, like it seems kind of predictable after the whole Snyder cut thing. But like the narrative <laughs> is that the studio kind of edited that movie to death, or like noted that movie to death, and. I think the incoherence kind of makes sense given that context. So I do, I don't want to see a new cut of Suicide Squad, but I do kind of wonder what the movie would have looked like if it had been strung together with a more coherent plot rather than the kind of like mixtape of scenes that the movie wound up being in the end. Yeah. Cool. Well, what do you say, Stephen, we get into this? Sure. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for The Suicide Squad, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Robert Dubois. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. I'm not joining your Suicide Squad. We'll see. My court date is coming up. And Miss Waller said maybe you could help me out. You're stretching in my door! Everyone stand down. Miss Waller, I don't... Stand down! I wouldn't take such extreme measures if this mission weren't more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in or out? Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member has chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. I need to feel the raindrops on my head, on my head. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Had to go number two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan hound. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? Yo, they sent me into a werewolf! Yo, let me out! Yeah, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but, you know. 
Your mission is to destroy every trace of something known only as Project Starfish. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Think there's any connection? No. No. All right. Let's get it. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. I'm a superhero! That's my dad. I want to get you out of your life. I'm going to get you out of here alone. Ratatouille, what do you got? Bird. <laughs> now, now it. Stay off the comp. All right, so that was the trailer for The Suicide Squad. Um, basically, uh, Task Force X, uh, which is the group of people who are taken out of prison, who have special abilities, and sent off to do missions for the government, but secretly, um, a new set of people are being tasked for the Force X um, to go off and try to fight another battle for um, uh, the, the, the government lady. Um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of The Suicide Squad? So first, I, I like. I just want to say I feel boxed in by my vaguely positive review of Suicide Squad years ago. <laughs> um, admittedly, that review was grading on a curve, um, but this year, look, we flattened the curve. We're in a whole new curve now. So prior opinions don't matter. We're in a new. <laughs> we're in a new world. And however I review this, does not mean it has to be compared to my review of the last one, as if it were like a stack ranking because this movie is clearly more coherent than suicide squad. Absolutely. Clearly it was yeah. not hacked away in the editing room. It has a beginning, a middle and an end. It's characters largely go on particular arcs where we get to know them. At least the <laughs> ones that it survive. Doesn't sound like the, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like the trailer spoils a lot. So like, I, I would say the ones that survive, we get to know them. Um, and it also, I think, like I mentioned, I liked the personality that I saw in the original Suicide Squad movie. This one definitely shows a more like consistent personality. Um, James Gunn is James Gunn all the time in this movie. We have like the cotton candy colors, like Guardians. We have the gore, like his older movies. We have the needle drops. We have the irreverent dialogue. Like this is definitely a James Gunn movie and his style is all over the place. Um there are parts of it that we'll go into that I thought were like visually dazzling. Like I, there are, there are some things where he just decides to go all out and it is a ton of fun, but I also kind of <laughs> feel like there's something a little boring about how consistent it is. Like this felt like guardians meets Deadpool to me. Um, it felt like I knew exactly what we were getting and we were always kind of in very safe terrain, which is funny to say about a movie where a shit ton of characters die and also murder innocent civilians. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like it felt irreverent in a very like bumper pool way. Uh, and it, there's things like it's in the trailer of John Cena saying like starfish is a slang for butthole or like. Harley Quinn talks about splooge and jokes about the number 69. And like, there are little things in there where it just like, it didn't always feel as wild as I feel like it should have given the R rated 
this is a comedy about anti-heroes who do terrible things who we're going to make you root for. Like it, it felt a little bit safe and I don't know how to explain that because it was clearly bucking the trend. It was clearly being its own thing. This does not feel like a Marvel movie. Like it feels like its own property, but I just still felt like I was in a kind of formulaic thing with guardrails some of the time when I wanted it to let loose a little bit more. With that said, I thought the style was really fantastic in parts when Gunn decides it to be like pretty much any fight scene that Harley Quinn is in is really, really great <laughs> in this movie. Um, there's one involving like cartoon birds and flowers. Uh, there's another involving a shootout in like overexposed rain. Um, there's a fight that's in a reflection of a helmet while the camera spins around it. Uh, the title cards in this movie are built from the environment, occasionally in these kind of fun, like jerry-rigged 3D to look 2D, depending on perspective things. Like he is having a lot of fun when yeah. he wants to. Um, and I think a lot of my hangups would have maybe played better in theaters when I could be with a crowd that is laughing or expressing shock or disbelief at the twists and turns the storyline takes. I, I, I just feel for me, the giddy fun was muted a little bit in a way where the movie felt like, I don't know. It, it, it didn't feel like he was totally letting loose. And I don't know how to explain why, because everything on paper is letting completely loose and breaking every possible rule. Um, but it was just a feeling I had. Like overall, I, I liked it. I still was positive on this one. It was fun. But I like, I think I like Jungle Cruise better, <laughs> and that's kind of where I, where I landed with this movie. Uh, I'll go into more, but I want to hear your your thoughts first. Um, I mean, yeah. So all all, all things being what they are, I also like Jungle Cruise better than this movie because yeah. I fucking love Jungle Cruise. <laughs> um, but anyways, we're not talking about Jungle Cruise. We're talking about this film. Um, yeah, so I think this is definitely a step in the right direction for this sort of franchise. I think that it it knows what worked about the ideas of the first film and executes them executes on them in a lot better way, in a way that actually makes sense. I mean, um, you know, j just looking at the idea of let's throw random people together that we don't care about um, because there's only a few characters that we're following. I think this film picks better ideas for the random extra people to throw in with the group. Um, mm. and, and those people get a moment to do their thing that is not that is not like just uh, wait for the guy that has the most powerful attack to do the most powerful attack. Right. Um, don't like it, it's actually playing with it. And I think that what this film does too, is it understands the idea of throwing these, you know, I'll call them for my, my universe knowledge. They're like lesser characters that I wouldn't have ever cared about if they weren't in one of these movies. Right. It knows what it's doing with it. It's choosing people that are a little bit silly and then dispatching with them instantly. Um, ha have you seen it all uh, Invincible on, on Amazon Prime? No, no, I haven't. Um, so it's an animated, uh, you know, comic book story um, about like a young guy who is like, basically just begun to get his powers his dad is like the greatest superhero on the planet and he's just starting to get his powers and it's sort of about him trying to find his way into becoming a hero but what that show does in an amazing fashion is the the lead character will be fighting some weird force that has just arrived and all these other heroes from the city show up and you get to see them do a really cool move with whatever their power is, and then they're instantly dead. And it's like you're just watching the you're, you're watching that show introduce a character that sometimes you don't even get to know their name, and then they're immediately 
killed in a horrific fashion. And I, I think that this film, obviously it doesn't go as far as that show does because that shows compl- like just it's, it's, you know, hand drawn animation and it's like, it can do way more grotesque stuff with its cartoon style that you can't really shoot like live action. Um, but it, 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 it plays with this idea of we're just going to throw any single character in the book at you and, and then just get them out of there because they're not important to the story, but you'll see them for a second. You're like, Oh, that was pretty rad. Oh my God, they're dead. Oh my God, they're dead. Um, And I think that this film tries to play with that at the beginning. And then once it's done with that, it throws you back into like, okay, now we're following these characters and you're going to go forward and, and spend time with them. And I think ultimately these characters are pretty fun. I think each character has a quirk, that plays within the rest of the group in the first film it seemed like a bunch of people who don't want to be working together but are having to work together because they have an explosive in the back of their head right this film they also have an explosive in the back of their head but they kind of have this like begrudging respect for each other and like come like it's like a combination of camaraderie and also like um one-upsmanship that they're playing with that like i think really really works for what this film is trying to do um you know it's it's not like i didn't come out of this thing floored like i i, I kind of felt like there was something sort of missing from it too but in general i found it pretty fun and it goes to places that are kind of silly and and i enjoyed it the one thing that does kind of weird me out is this feels like a complete reboot of the first film like yeah. so much so it's not just like let me, let's try to do it right this time it's borrowing the exact same beats and character like i even had to double check that uh deadshot and bloodsport are two different characters right because right. it's literally the same architect like and, and the funny thing too is having gone back and rewatched suicide squad there was a whole thing with will smith's character where he's like i'm only doing this because i want my daughter to realize that i'm not a piece of shit and that's like right something that is paid off in this film for a different character whose abilities are identical to Will Smith's character in that film. And then, but then it feels like it's making a joke about that because it appears that at least four of the characters that you first are introduced to at the beginning of this film all have the same abilities, but one is hand to hand. Like it's like three people who just carry guns and they're really good shots. You have Pete Davidson, (laughs) you have the one guy who's like more hand to hand combat. And it's like, it seems like the joke is that they got smart and they're just putting all the gun shooting people on the team because that's the only power that's going to matter with what the situation is. And it's like, I can't tell what is like super smart and knows exactly what it's doing or what is just like, let's just redo the film completely and kind of just start it all over from scratch. Cause even, even like take Harley Quinn's story in the, in, in the, in the first film, right? The film keeps sidetracking itself to go back and tell this relationship montage about her and the Joker, right? This film does the exact same thing, yeah. but instead of the Joker, it's just this other person. And it's like yeah. the, the the movie completely changes just for that amount of time. And it's like, that's like, it feels a little bit like, like, a new hope and like the, the beginning of the newest trilogy of star Wars films. Right. Like right. it feels like they're, they're like, we're going to hit all the same beats. We're going to do a legacy sequel. But it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. Some of the same cast members, yeah, and that film was not that old. A lot of the same beats. A, yeah. a lot of the same shocking moments. A lot of the same general archetypes. A lot of the jokes. A lot of the character type. It. it I feel like it is mostly a comment on Suicide Squad, but it does feel like kind of a mean one. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like it, it. It feels like you could at least kind of 
pay respect to the fact that the original movie existed and like mention their mission once or twice at least and it doesn't feel like other than the fact that flag and um harley quinn know each other i feel like there's nothing in this movie that actually says like oh yeah that movie happened before yeah but it's also like i mean spoilers for suicide squad the first film but like they have what they think their mission is and then it turns out that their mission is really just to destroy all the evidence that anything was even happening and then in this film, their actual mission is just to go and destroy all the evidence that something is happening. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's it's like literally the same film with slightly different uh, uh, things. And and really, even the the big bad's final 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 goal very similar is like let's destroy all the world powers, right? Yep. <laughs> it's like it, it just it's so strange to me how close these two films actually are in a way that I didn't realize until I went back and listened to me talking about the first film and then watched the second half of the first film. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I would not have appreciated that. <laughs> but now that you say it, I'm remembering like, yep, that is the same and that is the same and that is the same. Yeah. Also, Can also we... the uh, real fast, y you talked about uh, a fight uh, with Harley Quinn where there was like uh, in, in this in, in The Suicide Squad, the latest film, where there was like CG stuff happening or not CG it was like cartoons Cartoon, sort of yeah. have happening stuff. around. And that's sort of her. It's sort of like she's not seeing blood. She's seeing cartoons mm -hmm. like flowers and stuff spouting out at people. There's the scene right at the end of the first film where they come in and, and you know, the witch lady uh, is, is like doing all these colors. And she goes, do you guys see all the sparkly colors and stuff? Because I'm not on my meds anymore. And it's like, clearly mm. it's it's like, once again, a manifestation of that same thing where it's like at that time, she thought all the weird colors she was seeing was just because she was off her meds. And now it's like she's she's being badass, but it's still like referencing that in a way. Like, I mean, that can be seen as more of a payoff, at least like yeah. she teed up how she sees the world in one movie and now we get to experience it in another. I feel like this movie, um, learn, I, I, I don't know enough about production schedules to know if this is realistic or not, but I feel like it learned from birds of prey, or at least it seems like it has a fluid, the way she fights fits very well with the way birds of fight birds of prey has her yeah, fighting yeah. too. Um, which I, I kind of liked, I still don't think that character is growing in any meaningful way. Like my understanding of Harley Quinn is no better now than it was two movies ago. Yeah. But it you, is you gotta, to you gotta watch the, the animated cartoon. Oh yeah. Then I'll know about how it feels for Batman to go down on her. That's the one <laughs> thing that came for that show. I think, I think that's in an upcoming season. Mm. Um, but and I think it was Catwoman, not her. Um, but oh. Anyways, point being, that show is A, great, and, and B, like, she does grow in that show. That's like, The whole show is about her growing, so... <laughs> That's good. Okay, so let, let's talk about characters we that worked for us, characters that didn't. I'm going to say... Who worked for me? Uh, Idris Elba, big fan. Great. Always fan of, like, rugged Idris Elba, who's tired of this shit. Perfect. Love that he has grown into being that guy for us now. Um... Daniela Melchior, who played Ratcatcher 2 and is like a Portuguese actress who hasn't really done any big American things before. Big fan. I think she, think she did great. Surprising character for the Suicide Squad, kind of like the heart of the movie, where otherwise everyone is very self-referential. Yeah. Um, King Shark. Oh, King Shark. I love me some King Shark. <laughs> King Shark when I was a great. kid, 
my favorite action figure was a Street Sharks action figure, which was just like <laughs> this big fucking shark. <laughs> Wait, were, were they the ones that like rollerbladed and played hockey or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had action figures of them, and I thought it was so cool, like this big shark that can walk around. Like, I... I love one James Gunnism that I'm just going to draw from Guardians and this is like he loves having animalish type creatures alongside regular ones. Like I'm gonna lump Groot in that category. You know, we went from Vin Diesel to Sly Stallone. Um Rocket, Raccoon, we've got, you know, rats here and weasels here. Um I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that vibe. And King Shark was great. Love King Shark. Um who didn't work for me? I don't know if this is going to be, you know, uh, controversial. John Cena did not work at all for me in this movie. Um, I like conceptually the idea of him and Idris Elba kind of having a dick measuring contest. And I just didn't think anything about him was funny in this movie at all. And he generally was the mouthpiece for the most like juvenile humor that felt just like out of place with the movie i i really didn't vibe with him and i would have rather seen dave bautista just like do it instead and play it more like <laughs> in that serious way that he does in guardians but it but like he so i like peacemaker is not a character you re- root for right sure. he's he's the foil for for yeah. Bloodsport. but like like i mean obviously like the dumb joke is that he is so for peace, he's willing to murder <laughs> kids right. and women <laughs> in, in order yeah, to achieve America. it, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's dumb and it's juvenile, but I think it works because you have the rest of the people who are playing it a little more serious. And, like, come on, the payoff for that in the end of that dick measuring contest is so perfect. Payoff is good. Yeah, I, I just, like, didn't... Like, like it is in the trailer when he like stops Viola Davis's like debrief to ask if starfish is a slang term for butthole, and I feel like there are there are actors who could play that in a way that is very funny, and for him it just like ground the movie to a halt for me. I don't know why it it just didn't totally work whenever he had to deliver a joke. Yeah, I know I'm in the minority. Like people clearly like him in this movie. I just like didn't work for me. Yeah, I think for me the reason it did work is because I can't tell whether he is the joker in the back of the class who's just annoying or he earnestly is saying all the things he's saying right like it it's it's that fine line and i think you tip it either direction in the wrong way and it's like it rubs you the wrong way but like for me i was like yeah this guy's such a douche <laughs> yep i get it he just i don't know he did he, he felt like the epitome to me of the kind of edgy with like bumpers to keep you from going over the edge that I feel like the movie has sometimes, he was kind of that for me of like, I get it. You're like, you're funny and you're a little whatever, but I don't know. I I don't know how to explain it. He just kind of was what was wrong with the movie to me. Are you, do you still have a list of people who don't work work for you? No, no. He's (laughs) Uh, the only one that doesn't work for me. Okay. I was worried you were going to say the polka dot man or whatever. (laughs) Didn't work for you. I'm like neutral on the polka dot man. I like him when he gets used. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's sort of like he is he I mean, quite literally, he he is the equivalent to the the flame guy from the first film. Right. It's like yeah. the guy who doesn't want to use his powers because he's scared of them a little bit, doesn't know how to do it. And when he does use his powers, it involves putting both hands out forward and <laughs> having CG mess fly out yep. of them. <laughs> 
Um, but, but I really like the idea of that character and sort of, I, I think the manifestation for how he can angle himself towards somebody that was like that joke grew kind of old to me. Um, yeah, totally. Especially when you're trying to attack one thing and you're visualizing another thing. I just, I didn't understand how the, the physics of targeting worked <laughs> in that moment. Um, but I definitely also thought like the entire movie, I was like, I'm pretty sure he can solve everybody's problems. <laughs> like he seems powerful enough on his own to have been able to do, accomplish anything they need to, as long as he was willing to put in the effort. Right. Yep. Which kind of, kind of added a weird sort of uh, sense of what was going on to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm neutral about him. Neutral about, uh, captain flag or whatever they're fine they're fine i'm I'm afraid i'm tipping my hand by talking about certain characters and not others about twists that happen so i almost (laughs) don't want to keep going you don't want to keep naming people um can we at least talk about nathan fillion tdk Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that was definitely i think the best use of what are you really actually trying to do with putting some random (laughs) character into your into your world um great yeah. payoff too for uh <laughs> the acronym <laughs> yep nope i agree since, since you're scared to step too far into territory of naming all the characters and and trying to skate around whether or not they make it through the film um are there other other things that you want to talk about it it re- requires tiptoeing around spoilers but there is a there's a part of the movie involving infiltrating a rebel base that I thought was like funny at home. I feel like in theaters I would be roaring with laughter and I kind of regret that I will never get to experience that fresh. Um, I usually don't mind watching a movie at home, but I felt like this one in particular, like there would have been the payoff would have hit so different if I had been in a big crowd of people um and i just i i I don't know i i like don't know how i feel about what the movie is doing there in terms of how far it pushes you but (laughs) i think (laughs) is this related to the dick measuring contest yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. no i i laughed out loud by myself (laughs) okay yeah that's good like i it, it is definitely funny that is the one place that i think the movie actually becomes edgy in a real way rather than just in a kind of plasticky way where i'm like oh I don't know how I should feel about this, but it is funny. Um, I just wish I could have seen that in a theater full of shocked people, like not knowing vocally how to react to what was yeah, going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty amazing. And, and, and I think that like those type of moments are the things that make this film enjoyable. Like, right. There's like, even when it's, I don't, I don't even think that this film has any fully bad parts. I think it just mm. at times is sort of, um, you know, it sort of screeches to a halt at times, right? Like it, it just yeah. sort of becomes a thing where you're like, okay, cool, let's just go. Let's let's not take all. Like we're gonna have five minutes in the middle. We're all gonna sit on a little bus and we're gonna tell backstories for for literally no reason. <laughs> it feels like when you're playing like a video game and they gotta load the next level, so you're in an elevator and the characters just talk to each other. Like that's literally what yeah. it feels like. Um, but but. In general, though, I think there's enough fun sort of sprinkled throughout this film that there's always something to get on board with. And yeah, like I, I, I think, too, that, you know, some of the action sequences, though they're really short, have a lot of inventiveness to them and are pretty fun, including like the big the big bad bad 
action sequence at the end like i i enjoyed sort of what was going on there yeah yeah big bad is fun man that bad guy did the same thing too (laughs) it's literally the same shit big bad is definitely done better here than it is in the original suicide squad oh man but yeah the the similarities are are odd (laughs) between the two yeah yeah but yeah, I don't know. I, I had fun. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who like had fun, but feels kind of because I know Rotten Tomatoes is not an aggregate of average scores. Like it, it reflects how many people liked it more than they disliked it. Yeah. But it did feel like the discourse or whatever in the last week was like, whoa, James Gunn's Suicide Squad is like revitalizing the superhero movies like DC's back baby and all this stuff. And like, I just I never felt it on that high. I felt it way more like I was watching a like, you know, Deadpool or something. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, you're doing your thing, it's fun, but like it isn't getting me jazzed, you know. I will definitely watch a sequel, don't get me wrong. Well, I will say that Deadpool gets me jazzed, so <laughs> I'm not quite sure I understand the analogy. Um but but I but I do get what you mean. Yeah, like I, I felt the same way. Like I was like, man, they really did work to improve all the things I didn't like about the first movie. And then it went, oh, yeah. they're just literally improving all the things I didn't like about the first movie. Um, but but it, yeah, it, it was fun. And I really can't fault uh, anybody for wanting to be a part of this one because it definitely seems like a step in the right direction. Uh, the Squad or Suicide, whatever the next movie is called, <laughs> is, is probably going to be like achieving exactly what I want from this franchise. Yep. I do think it's interesting to compare this to to Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead because it also has a kind of similar arc in terms of like characters being recruited for a mission, going from point A to point B, certain ones having different agendas, you losing them over time. And definitely this one is way more coherent than that movie too. So like yeah. James Gunn also beat Zack Snyder at something. So I feel like he really is ascending in the, uh, in the DC universe. Cool. Um, any last thoughts about this film, Steven? I just want to say I liked Deadpool, <laughs> just to put it on the record. <laughs> I just think the humor of Deadpool would be stale if it was repeated today. That, that's all. We'll, we'll see when they make another Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, time for verdicts then? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to even say must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? I am sticking with recommend with a caveat for this one. Uh, it is the same ranking that I gave the original Suicide Squad. I did like this better than the original Suicide Squad, but I did not adore this movie. I think it felt a little bit limited. It felt like James Gunn was coloring in the lines a little bit more than he needed to, and it would have been fun to see him really let loose while still using the skill to tell a coherent story. So high hopes that a sequel will do it better. This one just kind of was like a little bit more hit or miss to me when it should have been just a nonstop crescendo in ridiculousness. So hope he can pull it off next time. Had enough fun, but did not adore it. Uh, yeah. So for me, I'm going to give a record with a caveat as well. I, I had fun with this movie. I enjoyed it enough. And I think that others, especially considering not everybody hated the first one as much as I did. Um, I think lots of people could enjoy this. Um, but as I was about to go into that, I did start to think about the fact that Harley Quinn escapes prison at the end of the first film. (laughs) 
And then at the beginning yep. of this film, she's part of ta- Task Force X. <laughs> Never explained. <laughs> why do they not say what she did to get back in prison? I thought they all kind of share notes. Ma- maybe some they point. did. Maybe they did. I'm, I'm sort of forgetting at the beginning. Like also, did. that's the. <laughs> so the beginning of the first film, right? Will Smith, like he's basically in prison because he almost killed Batman. <laughs> And then this one, Idris Elba, is in prison because he almost killed Superman. Yeah. <laughs> it's the well, same fucking really movie. Everything. I think Harley Quinn robs a bank. I think oh, there's yeah, some she, joke she, about her having robbed a bank. She does say... No, wait. Did she also rob a bank? Because the rat girl says she robbed a bank and was charged with deadly oh, weapon, yeah. even though the weapon was the rats. No, you're right. It, it, was, uh, it was Rat Catcher 2 who said it. Yeah, but anyways, I mean, I mean, either way, your statement is correct. At the beginning of the film, this doesn't—it's not like it starts the day after the other other film. But the other thing I wanted to ask you is: so when they pluck people out of prison, they inject a little explosive in the back of their neck as a way of controlling them, right? Why would that explosive just all, not always be in their neck, <laughs> right? Like you're letting people break out of prison when you had a deterrent preventing them from breaking out of prison already, right? That's that's true. Yeah, like like because because the whole premise of this of of ta- Task Force X this program is is that uh, a you get an explosive in the back of your neck so you don't just like go AWOL and b every mission you complete is ten years off your sent your sentence. So why not just keep the explosive in the neck until they've worked their sen- sentence off completely and then you don't have to worry about them ever escaping. <laughs> Hey, maybe they're dangerous. Maybe having an explosive in your neck in the prison is like putting the guards at risk. I don't know. <laughs> Though it does seem like the blast radius of that thing is not that big. It yeah. seems pretty, pretty much like an individual uh, danger. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Danger. It doesn't have to be very big to to do what it needs to do. <laughs> yeah, isn't there another movie where like a person has a explosive in their head and it's like just tiny, like they just like are dead, but you don't see anything happen? Is that like in a Bond movie or something? Or Mission Maybe. Impossible movie? I don't know. I'm sure it's in several movies. <laughs> mm. okay. It's a pretty, it's a pretty nice way to do it. <laughs> yeah, was there? Yeah, there was a Mission Impossible movie. It's up through the nose, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's in the Philip Seymour Hoffman one, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Think. I believe. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> that was just one more thing I wanted to bring up uh, right before we transitioned to saying goodbye to everybody. Um, uh, so yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. Stephen Miller, people want to find you that week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Suicide Squad, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, this week we have one more review coming into the feeds, and that's a review of Pig. So, see you in a bit. Bye. Oink, oink, motherfuckers. (laughs) 